Did you ever go and look at the Twitter thing I put yeah, I went up? back and looked at it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fred, did you see it? What's that? <laughs> there's a... Uh, there's a guy who's... I'm not sure if it's real or not, Dan, but it just made me laugh. It's a guy on a skeleton. like this. It's the single luge. What is the... I think it's called skeleton. I called it luge by mistake. But if you go right. to our... So, Fred, if you go to our Facebook page and just click on... It, there's no preview available. You'll just have to click on the thing that says Twitter. And I invite everyone else listening to do the same. If you're just looking for a little Monday morning, humble and Fred laugh... You know, just a little fun. The world needs to laugh. Exactly. Hmm. Are you going to do that, Frederick? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll I want you to see it, right it because I, th- I think you'll get quite a... It's, and I just... All, the, the, all I did on Twitter, and our Humble and Fred Twitter page, is I just wrote, Dan Duran does luge. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just a luge. Yeah, go to... You know, the easiest way for you is just go to our Twitter. Dan, do, I, do we call I it... I don't t- have Twitter. <sighs> Okay, you mean you, on the Facebook page? Go to the on the Facebook page and just click right. on the, the little Twitter link. It should take you there. Dan, do we still say Twitter? I don't know. Yeah, the same way I still say uh, Skydome. So, okay, yeah, me too. X. Yeah, X. X. What's the matter here? I'm not sure if it. I'm not sure if it'll open. It doesn't matter. It's just very funny if you get a chance to see it. Okay. <laughs> I'm watching it now, and it's just so dumb. I, I'm, I'm sure, Dan. I'm sure it's not real. Hmm. Either that, or it's some sort of uh, um, navigation device <laughs> <laughs> to help him down the track. Aiming, I don't know. I, I, it, it can't be real, but you it better, does you make me describe laugh. It. It's just a guy laying on his back on the single luge, which I believe they call skeleton, mm-hmm. and he's got what looks like a. Two foot boner. Okay, oh, immature, really? immature. Okay. I know, I know it's immature. Mm-hmm. I know all that, but I can't help you know, myself. You know, the skeletoners they wear, you know, sleek, slick, tight clothing, right? Yes, Dan, I'll get get a little closer to the microphone. Microphone there, all my right, brother. Sorry, yeah, and I just uh, turn your mic up. I know it doesn't. I don't often say. Oh, that, really? But yeah, turn it up. Fantastic. How about that? Yeah, it's better. That's you great. couldn't get. You couldn't see it, Freddie. You couldn't open it. No, because I, I, my second computer, I haven't set up all my stuff right now. So I hold on a sec. Mm. You know this, it happens. You know, no, you don't bother. It's fine. Just imagine okay. a guy on his back, you know, sledding down right. uh, an Olympic course of some kind. And he's, he's got, got a got giant, a huge, bon- huge boner. Okay, you could do that. And then it just begs for a Dan Duran reference. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> it did. Yeah, I get it. It did. And, and I did, you know, because uh, the world needs more immature, humble, and frat humor. It certainly does. Okay. Uh, it certainly does. Well, why don't we start the proceedings? Dan, are you emotionally ready to start another Humble and Fred show? It's always an emotional buildup. Yeah. All sure right. right. Here we go. Okay. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our mobile state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studios in Porto Aventuras, Mexico. From our well-equipped Brampton facility with a winterized pool and from Lisa's dining room table in Peterborough. And is brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, and Palma Pasta. Along with the return of two great sponsors, Bodog and Kelsey's. And now here are two men who barely notice the standard time changeover because they live in the moment, isolated from the troubles of the world. 
It's the very caring and passionate Humble and Fred. Very good, Dan Duran. Very, very good. Uh, on that note, that worked out pretty good for you, Howard, right? Because they don't change the clocks there. So if it was last week, you would have been this. It would have been six thirty for you to do this show, right? You know, I want to tell you, you and I have been on the same wavelength more or less now for a, a very long time. And that was going to be literally the first thing I was going to share with you. I was going to say, what a bonus for me. About two days ago, I realized, Dan, what Fred's talking about is I thought, oh, Dan's gone. I thought I was going to be doing the show for the next month here an hour earlier like I did in San Miguel last year. But uh, they're on Eastern Standard Time here where I am all the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can predict it. Whenever there's a time change, you always get the, you know, the the news stories about should we be doing this and who wants to and who doesn't want to and what sense does it all make? But anyway, it's worked out for you very nicely. Very nicely. Um, I do have a question about that, though. I just skimmed. I don't and I have no depth to what I'm about to say, but I want to throw it out as a question to the two of you. Apparently in the 70s. I just saw something, a headline, Dan and Fred, about, did we not experiment with not changing the time at some point in our lives? Howard, I cannot, uh, I cannot contribute to that. I don't recall. I haven't done that research. I don't, uh, I don't remember. I seem to think there was something in the States where they decided to do it and then people objected to it for some reason. And I can't it, or it may have been the other way, keeping it standard time because of, uh, I don't know, something to do with school buses and kids dropping off or whatever. I don't know. Well, in. Um, yeah, it, you know, it's one of those things where generally you think we've. We've moved on from the whole concept. Mm-hmm. It's not needed for what it was first instituted for. So, I don't know. That debate rages on. I mean, again, this weekend, it was like Quebec is digging their heels in. They're not doing anything until New York State does anything. Right. right? I've heard well, that. It's the same with us. Same with us. Oh, but them even more so, apparently. Like, absolutely not. Maine and New York, it's all up to yeah, them. But if they do it, Quebec will do it. Yeah, we've got legislation in Ontario, the same thing. Yeah, as I've heard oh, that, okay. Dan. Yes, we do. Legislation? But, but, but legislation. considering, you know, that would be controversy, you know, considering all the other stuff that's going on, it just seems kind of cute. Oh, we're, we're, we're going to have a little debate about um, daylight savings times. Is, is anyone's uh, restaurants going to be boycotted? But we'll get we'll get to that. We'll get to that later, everybody. No, we won't get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Well, of course we will. Um, Um, You guys were just telling me before we signed on and before we hit record that the weather in uh, your part of the world has been pretty nice. Yeah, well, last couple of days were very nice here. I assume where you are, it's what, 27 and sunny every day? You know, no, it hasn't been. I've been here for be seven days tomorrow, and I've seen more rain in the last uh, six days than I saw in the nine weeks I spent in Mexico last winter. It's just been the end. This is the end of the rainy season. Oh, okay. It has. Uh, there was a couple days ago. David and 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 uh, his uh, partner Ruth have been coming. Ruth's been coming down here for years, but David's been coming down here for the better part of five years. And the other day was the first time he's ever been rained out of golf. It was like. Hmm. I've never seen anything like a like that tropical, torrential, heavy, heavy rain for a couple hours, uh, and it's been it's going to be great this week. But the last few days have been overcast and, and raining in all parts of the day. 
<laughs> so is it a warm rain? Very warm. Oh, so it's, <laughs> Extremely it, warm. So is it like a welcome uh, wetness? Is it some, like, some romantic movie where you just don't mind being wet all the time? You know, right? Daniel, uh, some of it has been like that, but some of it you can't go outside. It's, like, it's so intense for a short period of time. That it's, I was driving back from the golf course where we got rained out on Saturday, and it was dangerous. We were only going like 60K, and people had their flashers on. It was, uh, it was quite something. It could uh, knock an old man over, right? It could. could. <laughs> definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely could knock this old man over. But um, uh, for the most, listen, I'm not complaining because it's been very warm, and it's a beautiful place to spend some time, and uh, I've had a great time yeah. so far. Well, that's the weather segment. I still can't believe we're into, our, <laughs> we're into our 13th year. We still don't have the sponsor. Like, it's it. Like, it come really, on. It's ridiculous. I'm sorry. It's my fault. This weather, this Humble and Fred weather update on a podcast. Like, there's got to be somebody that wants to sponsor our daily weather report. Well, it, it it makes sense in this context because you're you yes. just experienced some nice uh, weather. I'm in some place where... You know, it's supposed to be, you know, nice all the time. It's not. Although, I'll tell you what, it's, what a, again, not complaining because I go outside and it's like 32. And Yeah, I, uh, I, we just booked 12 days in Florida at the beginning of uh, December. So I have that to look forward to. So this show will be all over the place. And where are you going to be in Florida? Uh, Vero Beach. Yeah, Vero Beach. Vero Beach. Do, yes. do you want to give us a, 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 a preview of the kind of weather you can expect in December oh, in Vero Beach? Oh, I have, <laughs> have you done the historical? You're looking 23, 24, mostly sunny. Uh, early December for uh, Vero Beach. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's going to be near any irritating Florida, Floridians? Or, uh, is oh, it in- of course. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, who who would have, you know, it's funny you say that, Dan. Funny, interesting. Uh, but it's, uh, there's so much Trump stuff and there's so much U.S. politics stuff. But the other thing has kind of knocked it out of my universe, although I still have quite a bit of stuff that I've gathered over the last few days since I saw you guys last. Hey, I'm, I'm looking here this morning. Trump is now leading Biden in, oh, yeah. every, in every swing state. Yeah. By a significant amount. So just think about that. You know, these people down there have time to watch and listen and consider. And and then they are asked, who would you vote for? And they're choosing. They're choosing Trump like it's like what the world is upside down. Help us. Help here's us. here's the headline. Trump leads in five critical states as voters blast Biden, according to a New York Times poll. And as you said, Freddie, it's it's not even close. You know that guy, David Axelrod? Yes, sir. You know, he was instrumental in some administration, I forget. but uh, uh, the, the Obama administration, actually. Okay, so I saw him yesterday, and he's going on about, and I hardly watched any news this weekend. It was quite nice. But he was going on about, it's much too late to bring a new guy into the Democratic Party or have, like, a new leader of the party for whatever reason. And I'm thinking, why? I think I think this timing would be great. Wouldn't it be like a like a uh, like a quick rush, a quick bang of new blood, like and roll with it? Like, what's the deal? Like, well, they got to do it. This article that I'm uh, referencing said basically the same thing, that there's this perception inside the uh the DNC, the Democratic National Convention, that 
<laughs> By the way, I just paused for a second. We haven't even got to this new speaker of, of the house, Mike Johnson. Oh, that fucking... <laughs> we'll get to oh, him in a second. Right. But the, the point being that uh, it isn't... It, it's just their whole... The, the, what the Republicans are great at doing is what they're doing, which is ignoring all this nonsense and, and making Trump seem like he's the answer. But if you actually look at what Joe Biden has done, the economy, jobs, reducing the deficit, he's just done a way better job. The economy in the States is actually clipping along at a better rate than our economy. Yet most Americans, well, as you can see by these numbers, don't give Biden any credit for it. No. And, you know, the incumbent is always the one who suffers leading up to elections because people are having second guesses and looking around and sort of noncommittal. So you've just got to hope that by next, you know, July, August, September, reality sets in and people look at what they're about to do and, you know, fucking wise up. Well, and not to not to uh, not to put together these two huge issues of our time, but you can see you can see by the mentality of the people around the planet, by the reaction to the thing that happened October 7th, you really get to see what human beings are like. Yeah. No, yeah, I know. that's true. Yeah. And all, but also uh, leading up to it with the, the Trump kind of blew the lid off, you know, a restraint and, you know, created some like, look the world over. It's now. There's Trumpian dictator yep. type like yep. autocrats all over the world that have sort of come to power, uh, you know, kind of through the whole Trumpian experience. And it's the, yeah, we're screwed. <laughs> I had a conversation with smart guy Dave Glassman, who I'm staying with here, and he's going to make a little pop in on the show because he's the smartest guy I know. Uh, and I don't mean just mean my being facetious. He really has a context for history. And about a year ago, he and I were hanging out here and he was telling me how he really wasn't uh, a big, um, didn't really like the woke movement. And I sort of thought that was odd thinking, you know, this guy's an old hippie and, and, you know, from the sixties and, you know, that was what that was all about. But now I understand what he means by the reaction of the left wing of the democratic party and how they're supporting the pro Palestinian. That's or the, the way that universities are reacting again, he's going to explain it much better than I just did, but now I get why he thought it was so dangerous. I, I think we've discussed that. I mean, the woke movement, that fringe of the the left, yeah, it's it's overboard. It actually hurts the cause. It yes. actually helps the other side because a lot of it just isn't rational. It's too emotional. And 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 we are where we are and it gives the it gives the right something to point at, which is the is the worst thing. And, and no, I totally understand what you're saying, but now you can see it come to life. Oh, yeah. sure you, 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 you know, you see it come to life in all the things that are happening. And and, and again, I've got a, a bunch of great examples that I've, you know, put aside. Uh, I just want to give you some numbers here, Dan. Um, so they were doing this. They were doing this uh, poll or not a poll. They were doing this interview with some Trump supporters and they pointed out the following. They said, uh, unemployment is down 3.8%. Average wage gains of 4% are outpacing, infl outpacing inflation. The Dow is at 33,000, uh, 14% higher than at any point in Trump's presidency. Median household wealth is up 37% since Trump left office. And as for socialism, Trump raised the national debt by a record $7.4 in just four years, a leap of 33%. One female voter talked to conceded that Trump was just a nut, 
but said he didn't leave the country in the shape that Joe Biden is leaving it in. <laughs> so <laughs> there's no there's no talking to these people. No, well, you just said it all. I mean, look at the rallies. Look at the profile of these people. All those numbers. Do you think they know or care or are aware or even if it's presented them care? All they care about is the down and dirty. All they care about is having their country back that they're used to of the 70s and 80s and when everybody knew their place. And and he keeps feeding them this stuff that, you know, he's going to make their lives better. And yeah. that's just what they're holding on to. Like, I mean, all those numbers, when they get up in the morning, they don't go, oh, Joe Biden, this and that. My life's better today. They're just in the same. That fringe is still in the same shitty predicament they've always been in. Bingo. And, tr- and Trump's their guy. The last line, Dan, of this article, article is great. When people, he said that line is, when people are this misin- misinformed, it's no wonder Trump still has a chance to regain the presidency. <laughs> because what Freddie just yeah. said is true. It, they, it doesn't matter to people that the facts don't line up with the fact that they keep hearing from their, their orange leader that, you know, it's crooked Joe Biden this. And I've never, I, I, he, he said the other day, you know, about never being indicted. And like mm-hmm. he, he, the funny thing about Trump now, and it is funny. It, it doesn't matter that he's lying all the time. It used to be that he would lie a little bit most of the time, but now he lies all the time, all the time. And to me, you know, and it's anti-American or whatever, you know, it's like, you know, sitting here in Canada, sometimes you don't like a lot of American stuff. We all always, always sort of had this feeling that, you know, Big Brother... You know, they're there for us. We're there for them. When push comes to shove, they'll make the right decisions. And through this, and I know you got to average everything out, but the biggest disappointment for me is, on average, how dumb that country is. Like, (laughs) how it's been exposed. Like, how dumb they are. And believe me, there's lots of Americans. They're smart. They're intelligent. They're wonderful people. But when you put them all in one big pot, the general tag on that is stupid. Yeah. How, how, what other explanation is there? Well, it's that that George Carlin bit. He says, "Imagine how dumb the average person is, and think about all the people that aren't that are are dumber than that." <laughs> uh, no, and we have dumb people here in Canada. In Canada, yes, yes, we do. And some of them have been, you know, wanting to shut down Jewish businesses again. Hello, uh, but uh, we're going to get to that. I promise. What I was going to mention is that after what all the stats that you said. And, the you know, you'd think that the economy is rosy and everything's, you know, things are pretty good right now. But the general opinion of everybody is that things are really not good. Mm-hmm. That, uh, you know, we're going to we're we're on the cusp of a recession and things are going to hell in a handbasket very quickly. It's not going to last long. And we're going to, you know, and, and a part of that has to do with interest rates. But. Well, interest rates are also there's this, there's the other side too the people who are saving are making more right so yeah but you know, that's not the that's not trumpers number one they don't save number two when they get up in the morning interest rates are up and food prices are up that's the extent of their world they're pissed off that their mortgage just went up by a few hundred bucks a month and they're pissed off that you know a box of cheerios cost 30 percent more that's and that's biden's fault even though the big overall numbers are rosy and beautiful it doesn't affect them and again savings are you kidding me all they do is they're paying off high interest rates at the other end so that that's why they're like you and you can on some level you can understand absolutely uh, and because you, you, you know? you, you've got to be uh, you got to be a decent 
of a decent intellect to understand those numbers that I just put out. Of course, you know, you, you're, you know, if you're if you're one of the people who thinks that you're going to vote for Trump no matter what, you don't care that, you know, he ran up the uh, deficit higher than any president in history. It doesn't matter. You don't care that the median household wealth is up 37 percent, because, as I said, when you pointed out to those people and, and I've made this point too, their lives are no better. And the irony is their lives would be better if they didn't follow this. You know, orange Hitler. Yeah, it's like, you know, he on the weekend, he makes the statement that millions of people would still be alive. <laughs> I saw that. If if the election hadn't have been rigged. <laughs> hadn't been rigged. So, so how if you're anything above simpleton level, how do you not look at that and go, this fucking guy's crazy? Yeah. Like, where does he come up with that shit? What, like, this is propaganda stuff that's scary going forward. But he says it. And he goes up in the polls. Yeah. He goes up in the swing states. That's a stupid country. I mean, it really is. It, 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 it's it's and patriotism. Like seriously, they're throwing it out the window. They don't care about their country. And not to be too dramatic, but I've tried to draw this parallel many, many times over the years. But you know who else sounded like a crackpot, but people followed him. Old Adolf there. You don't think people didn't follow Hitler because he was making some rational points. It wasn't like, he, you know, he stirred the populace, the populace right. because of simply because of saying crazy shit that seemed to resonate with them. It's not like he made uh, it wasn't like he was a charismatic. Well, he was charismatic. I mean, give him that. But, uh, you know, it wasn't like uh, a snappy dresser. He was a snappy dresser. Mm-hmm. You know, th- that's what people don't real. Re- they don't remember it because, of course, you know, no one remembers anything. But, uh, yeah, it, that's what, what you know, when Trump said that the other day about millions. Of, meanwhile, 90,000 Americans died of covid every month under Donald Trump. He had no real plan to distribute vaccines. But as as the article says, no one gives a shit about that. In olden times, you know, prior to Trump, people did. People gave a shit about some of the facts. They don't now. And here's the bottom line, and not to be too hysterical, but I think we need to. And this is where it affects Canada. He still talks about the election being rigged. And I know it's part of his defense, even though he knows it wasn't. He's got to pretend that he thought it was because they've got to prove that he actually knew it wasn't. You know, all that. Yeah, yeah. But if he holds on to that and he has the balls to say and do all the things he does, if he is reelected, will anyone, should anyone be surprised if two years into that term, he starts talking about staying in power for the betterment of the country? No surprise. Not having an election. You better give me more time doing whatever he can to hold on to power for as long as he can. You know, that might sound far-fetched, but if he can do all this other stuff, why couldn't he do that? Our chief uh, U.S. correspondent, uh, Julie Fleming, who sends us four or five, you know, free articles on the Washington Post today, which is great. But one of, one of the things she sent this weekend was basically a story from Politico. I can't remember. Maybe it wasn't Julie. I know it was Julie. but well, it maybe, probably was. But no, I was going to say maybe it wasn't political. But whatever it was, was Trump talking about this. This they're, they're, He's right now putting together a group of people uh, where that are what they're planning to do when he gets elected. And, mm-hmm. and you know, you want to talk about weaponizing that phrase they use, weaponizing the mm-hmm. the, 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 the Department of Justice. He's going to go after everybody. 
It's going to be it's it's again it's Hitler all over the it's it's Hitler again because he's going to go after everyone that he perceives has you know done him wrong. Forget about and that's the funny thing about all the things I mentioned in terms of Biden. Donald Trump has no plan. You never hear him talk about his plan or what he's going to fucking do. No, it's just retribution, rage, and revenge. And he's crazy, but even more at fault. You know, I keep having this fantasy where one day you find out that the great GOP is going to hold a news conference and to a man, they're going to stand there and say, okay, this is enough. This is our party. This guy's bad for the country. They're bad for us. We've got to stop this now. But they don't have the balls. Like, who are these spineless jellyfish who let it happen in front of them? And they have the power to do something about it, but won't. To me, that's that's probably the most distasteful part of it all, because we just have one nut at the top. I mean, that's you know, that happens all the time. It's what the people below him, how they react is is what matters. And there's no reaction. No, there isn't. Uh, Dan, can you stick around? Because I wanted to just squeeze get off Trump and there's something. There's another issue that I wanted to run by. Uh, Dan's Boner? Uh, Dan's Boner. If you, if you go to Facebook, hopefully you can click on the Dan's Boner <laughs> sled. I call it the Boner sled. Right. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, there was another controversial issue while uh, we took our week off or, or the four-day Humble and Fred Super Weekend. Uh, but first, we do need to get to some uh, sponsor stuff. So just hang around, Daniel, for a right. second if you can. By the way, Trump's uh, testifying today. By the way. Yeah. Oh, no, I can't yeah, wait. It's probably his, one of his trials. I don't know. Lost track of which one, but I think it's the the lawsuit uh, or there's businesses. Oh, yeah, no, this is the New York one. This is the and he's by the way he's already been found guilty of fraudulently. Yeah. It's two hundred and fifty million dollar uh, fraud, but no one seems to remember that. But first, hang around for a second. I want to talk about uh, something. First, here's uh, Freddie with this important message. Uh, Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Bank Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. If you have a small business, check it out. Check it out today. Go to chamberplan.ca. All the information you need is there. How your small business becomes part of this. Uh, dental and prescriptions and therapies. You know, they have an HR component too. So, you know, you're in a you're in a pinch with that employee. You know, you can get advice on how to get through it. Uh, yeah, very valuable. They also have a mental health component actually in real time through an app. Check that out. Fantastic for the times in which we're in and so many people struggling. They are. They are. Listen, I'm struggling. <laughs> uh, chamber, chamber yeah. of Commerce Group. Yeah, I, I, I invented struggling. <laughs> nothing to laugh at. No. Uh, Chambers no. of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Mm. Hey, hockey fans, grab your friends and take a trip down the block to Kelsey's to watch the game. You can enjoy a cold 16-ounce Molson Canadian draft for only six fifty. What? Plus, enter for your chance to win original six hockey tickets. All you got to do is visit the Roadhouse to watch a sports game. Get a ticket. I'm going to change that. To watch a game. Remember, a sports game. To watch a, <laughs> to watch a sports game. Uh, get a ticket and enter to win. This contest's on for a limited time, so head on over. Game night should not be a tame night. Grab your buds and visit Kelsey's today. The original Roadhouse. Visit Kelsey's.ca for more details. No purchase necessary. Taxes extra must be of legal drinking age. And one more thing: Kelsey's loves celebrating. Look to host a, if you're looking to host a holiday party, and we are, by the way. Book on Kelsey's.ca and save ten percent per guest. Per guest 
Also, if you book your party before November 15th, you could win a $500 gift card. Visit Kelsey's.ca for more information. And we will, hopefully, we've had some meetings. Uh, Toronto Mike, Dan, Freddie, and I, and some people at Kelsey's. We've been talking about our... Humble and Fred, Kelsey's gift of Christmas, and uh, we're going to have hopefully a, a date by the end of this week or early next week, and then we're going to have some idea. Uh, we have some contest ideas for you to win some stuff and enjoy the holidays with us in person, by the way, for the first time since 2019. Okay. Some number. Some, some number. number. <laughs> um, one of the big controversies over the uh, past week has been around this. One, two. saying there was a lot of controversy but i sent you guys an article i'm not sure if i sent it to you too dan uh, yeah i did see it yeah you know a pretty famous music guy basically saying that it was terrible john would have hated it it was supposed to be a demo for a reason uh why are we doing this it's it's uh, an abomination etc and uh, i just want to get your thoughts before uh, we weigh in on you know what you're what you think of this Show me or Fred? Anybody. I don't care. Oh. Dan, well, why don't I, you go, why don't you I'll, go first? I'll go first because Fred, Fred has way, way more depth and intelligence. You don't know that. You said. don't know. Dan, he doesn't. I, I do. I do. He doesn't. <laughs> Please. I. So the, the thing, I, I don't know if I entirely agree with that. I mean, the Beatles, they were, you know, innovators in technology. And this is an AI extraction from uh, John's voice because the, the demo voice was too difficult to work with earlier when Yoko gave it to uh, these guys to mm-hmm. you know, do something with. Um, to me, the songs is okay. You know, I, I don't have a strong opinion about it. So they haven't teared up or, you know, had any kind of visceral reaction to the song. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Sounds like a song I didn't hear before that's made by the Beatles. So, okay. That's me. Okay, and now, and, now Fred, with, and, and now with depth and intelligence, Fred. No, uh, that's basically it for me. It's like, what's the big deal? You know, they found the tapes, they got together, and they thought, let's release this. I just find it interesting. Again, oh, yeah? it's the type of song I would think would have been on one of their albums, but not one of the big sing-along hits, but a nice song. I could hear that song in Double Fantasy, couldn't you? Are you talking to me or you're talking to Dan? Well, I'm talking to yeah. Andy. But just think of Double Fantasy, you know, yeah. the album where every other track was good, wasn't yeah. Yoko. I could hear that song in there, and it's like, oh, okay. Um, and the video's neat, what they've done. I don't, like, what's the... What's what's the big problem? You know, and that Bob left since. Yeah, that's who I mean, I'm talking about. No, I know. I gave up on him. I, I, he doesn't do it for me. 
I know you like reading and stuff, I but do. after a while, it was like, eh. I, I so like I, reading his stuff because here's why I like reading Bob's stuff because I don't I, I don't agree with lots of it, but uh, there's always great and that stuff about Trump. I got that from him. Uh, he's, yeah. he's pretty good in terms of research and facts. Here's what he says. He says by releasing this travesty of a number. It does nothing for John's image, does nothing for the Beatles' image, but it is the holiday season, and we've got to sell something. So, Dan, I know I'm not as deep and intelligent as Fred, but here's what I think. (laughs) I think he's right to a degree. I don't believe it doesn't... I mean, I think he's overdoing it. I mean, again, he puts out a letter to get people's reaction. Sure, sure. I think that in terms of selling something, the Beatles don't need to sell anything. That's not what they're doing it for. I do. I don't think it's a travesty, but I don't think it's a great song. I don't think uh, you know it would have been. I don't think you're. I don't think you said double fantasy. Yeah, I could sort of see it on that, but I couldn't see it on a. Uh, you know, on a. It's not. It doesn't. It's not very Beatlesque. esque It's more John solo stuff for sure. Yeah, but it has stuck in my head. I will say that like it's not. I don't even know how to put it. I'm not saying it's not the hookiest song, but it's no. pretty good that way. And every time I hear it, I will say this. I played it a few times this morning when I was testing the equipment. I, I, you know, I, I, I like it. I, and I'm no, I don't want to overthink it beyond the video was cool. The Peter Jackson thing, as Dan said, the AI was pretty neat. The, the way they've been able to separate a cassette recording from its piano. I mean, that's crazy to me. That's why I say it. I just find it all very interesting and basically you know when you when you listen to the words it's is 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 it not just another love song to to yoko you know like is that not what he's singing about you know her standing by him and all that stuff Mm -hmm. i could see at the time how he wrote that and again you know how double fantasy was about sean and you know women and I, i i that's what i thought and but i i don't know what the big travesty is here and um you know one thing about the beatles we've always wondered since 1969 what would it have been like if they'd have ever gotten back together and it's always been this sort of fantasy and neat thing to think about and that just it was fun to watch the video and think oh wow what if yeah that had happened like uh, no one listen no one died through this oh no no you're right no one was protesting Boycotting the Beatles. Uh, they've done three of these now. This was the most advanced in terms of technology because there was like free as a bird. That, and that wasn't good. No. And there was a, there's another one. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. But, uh, you know, I thought this was OK. And I, I sent it out to you guys. And, and our friend Darren responded. Uh, he says, I think the song is beautiful and haunting. And I love the story of how it came to be told in the mini doc, the Peter Jackson thing. The video is great. Uh, who and, and he's talking about this guy who wrote the article. He said, who is he to say what John and George would love or hate or think as men in their 70s or, or 80s? I think Paul or Yoko or the kids, in this case, Sean, would be a better judge of that. I totally agree. Like John, you know, Yoko, Paul and the kids, they put this out. Not don't, They don't need the money. They were just thinking of no. a, a sort of a gift to the world and a chance for the two of the remaining Beatles to f- sort of do one last thing. Yeah. With John and George. Yeah. Like, I, I, yeah, I don't, like, okay, according to Bob Lefsit, or those people that are against it, so what's the other side? Nothing. We had nothing. We didn't get to see this. We didn't <laughs> get to right. enjoy it. We didn't get to sort of analyze it. Like, like I don't, 
it just it was a lot of weird anger to me that that uh, yes because people need to be outraged and uh oh no i know and dan i agree with you in terms of it like it, you know like it's not it's I liked what Darren said. It's a beautiful and haunting. And, and I, th- I think the more I listen to it, the better I seem to like it. But it's not like the best Beatles song. And the, remember, it's being compared to two, two, exceptionally. Well, I'm not going to say great, but excellent Rolling Stone songs that have just been released. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I keep listening to both those songs, and they, to me, are very, very good. So on some level, it's going to be compared to that, right? It's all around the same time. And to me, it, 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 it lands well. It does. I mean, it seems weird. Like It's like, what, what, what year is it? The Stones have got new music. The Beatles have got new music. The Nazis are back. People hate Jews. Hey, it's not, we're going back in time, everybody. It's the way back true machine. Man, true man, true. It's the way the back stones, the machine. Stones are, gonna, stones are touring next year. I don't know where. but That's optimistic. <laughs> Mick is 80 years old. The strength in that voice. Oh, yeah. With those two latest songs, it's just, it's remarkable. It really is. Oh, I agree. People might argue, you know, this and that, and they can do whatever they can. No, no, that's mix. Mix, okay. Mix got her going. I don't like this one as much as I like it. What's the other one? Angry? Yeah. See, I I like this one more, actually. Well, you know me. I'm angry. I like all things angry. But as a, as, an, uh, as a chance to hear, you know, arguably our favorite band put together a final song. Paul McCartney is 82. Ringo seems to, I don't know what he is, but he looks great. Don't get angry with me. Uh, pretty good, you know. One thing, another thing that would rub me the wrong way, and it often does because I've heard other people say it, refer to the song as Lefset does, imagine as being sort of sappy. And it's, I've never accepted that. To me, I always found the song profound and listening to Imagine right now and yeah. what's going on in the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, so that bugged me a bit. So I, I get off in the wrong foot when I read that in the, within that article. Well, I sent it to y'all so that we would have this discussion uh, as far as people being angry, sappy, or needing, you know, needing to end religion. You know, um, my uh, distaste for uh, organized religion goes back a long time. I've told the story of when I first met Randy, ex-wife Randy, and we would go to some of her friends' house. This is for Jewish get-togethers, and she would say to me, "Okay, listen, can we just go there?" And, and no one wants to hear. <laughs> no, no one wants to. No one really wants to hear about how religion is stupid. Can we just not have that discussion? And uh, I think, you know, not that it matters, but I think what we've we had this discussion with one of my kids, and I said, "You know, Daddy has been like this anti-religion for a long time, and this is precisely why Daddy doesn't like religion." Absolutely. This is precisely why, because, you know, our little religion has been on the receiving end of this stuff for a very long time. The phrase never again, people believe it, you know, obviously it it happened post-Holocaust, but the people I represent, people from Muzja, have been saying never again for thousands of years because of religion. Um, 
Before we get to that, though, can we talk about that weirdo that's fucking the Speaker of the House? (laughs) How great is that guy? I know. When, you know, you want to know my worldview? Open a Bible. Right there. I mean, that's one of the first things he said. And it was like, my worldview, open a Bible. And this, this... this make-believe book about a make-believe guy, and that—that is—that's the foundation of your belief <laughs> to run the nation. You yeah. stupid creep. Third in line. Third in line. Yeah. To running that country. I don't know if you know this, Dan, but you know he's obviously a very Christian man. His wife runs a—I think she runs a conversion. She converts people from being gay. Meantime, mm-hmm. uh, at twenty-five, this gentleman adopted a fourteen-year-old black boy. Mm-hmm. And uh, spent most of his university, as he said, uh, studying homosexuals and, and how great they seem to have it. That's what he said. He was doing. The, he just, they're, they're doing great and we can't have that. So and I don't care w- about his sexual proclivity. I just care the fact that they're so um, hypocritical. Well, there's a whole separation of church and state down there, too, which they, you, you'd think there would be some respect for that. But no. You know, that's, no, that's there's not. the window. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even, you know, the orange pig there down in Texas, you know, he, he plays the crowd. Even the way he says God, even the way he says the words. And I know. I know. Whenever he talks about religion, you know it's so disingenuous. He's just saying it because here I am in the deep south, and these people are... You know, the evangelicals, We I know what they're all about, so I'm going to throw out God a few times in church, and, you know, it'll spin their propellers, and they'll love me. And that's the extent of it. He's a con man. Yeah. I'm actually surprised sometimes, because I, I just have this idea that he's so dumb. But some of the stuff he does, as you just pointed out, it's, 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 um, not con- it's conniving, of course, but it's, it's calculated. Oh, he's evil, brilliant, Howard. He but, is. But that's you've you got to admit yeah, that he yeah. is. That's great. That's a great way yes. to put it. He's evil, yeah. brilliant. Yes. Because these things are calculated. I mean, he seems like a stumbling idiot, which he is, which he is. You know, he does this thing. I'm sure you guys have noticed it. But when he's reading the prompter, Dan, and we've all done it, a little bit of prompter work, not as much as you, yeah. uh, movie anchor. <laughs> but uh, he does this thing where he gets fucked up on a word. And then he he just somehow stops and tries to cover it up, thinking no one would notice that he got the word wrong. It's one of my favorite things he does. I'll try and point it out. I'll try and grab some audio of it. But it's fantastic when he does it all the time. Yeah. He's a horrible, horrible prompter reader. Yes. He's a horrible prompter reader. Plus, the mistakes he makes are a lot more dangerous than the Biden mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they love to show all this stuff about Biden maybe turning the wrong way or whatever. But, you know, there's reels and reels of Donald Trump doesn't know where countries are in the world, doesn't mm-hmm. know who the leaders of the countries are. He mixes up key facts and figures about world economics. He has no idea what's going on out there, and he's going to be the president. Yeah. Joe Biden at least knows that stuff. Yeah, Joe Biden got uh, a pretty good foundation after as many years as he's been a senator, a vice president. A pretty good foundation of where shit is in the world. Yeah, I'd say. And that's another. But but again, you know, to to you know, 
typical MAGA dunderhead who wakes up in the morning. He doesn't know. He doesn't care about it. They don't know where countries are. They don't care where countries are because <laughs> no. all that matters is the United States of America. That's the beginning and the middle and the end of the world is the U.S. of A. That's all they care about. Uh, Dan, do you think you'll be uh, in a uh, an emotional state to come back and, and do some... Some, Some Dandaran news? news later because I'm yeah, going to have to. We're going to move on to other stuff. There is other stuff that we can do. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure there's some sporting things that happen. There is some weekend. sporting things that have happened, and you'll have yeah. no interest in those. Yeah, absolutely not. All right, Dandaran's <laughs> news will uh, about a half an hour or so. Uh, smart guy David Glassman, who was, uh, excuse me, on his way to Australia, is going to take a moment and. I just said to him the other day, he was talking to me. And I said, you know, would you mind having this conversation with I? With I? That's why I didn't get past Rachel with me and Fred. <laughs> and uh, I said, don't, you don't have to prepare. Because he's got such great context for, you know, what's been going on. And, and it might be interesting for the audience to hear from uh, at least one of the people in the Glassman family that has a brain. Oh, come on now. Uh, let's uh, talk a little bit about this particular uh, fantastic uh, supporter. Uh, Tim Niblett is a portfolio manager and uh, Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Tim will be by this week and we'll talk about life insurance basics. All right. Uh, is it more important than investments? Good question. What if your current coverage is renewing? What to do? You know, based on your age, it could have a pretty big, big impact. You know, protection versus wealth creation, all the things to consider when it comes to life insurance, your investments, your future. Tim Niblett. Tim Niblett is the Retirement Sherpa, retirementsherpa.ca. It's uh, difficult to comprehend, Fred, but I'm trying. The variety of uses of boron in construction, manufacturing, medicine, science, microelectronics, pharmaceuticals, telecommunications. I could go on, but I won't. Uh, the idea is uh, boron1.com. They are a company that is supporting the Humble and Fred Show. And we appreciate it. The uh, number of items that contain boron in homes is beyond surprising. And we've been telling you this now for a while. With the idea that if you're interested in these type of investments, that's what this is. Again, we make no claims because obviously... You know, we're dunderheads when it comes to this kind of thing. But these people at Boron One seem to know what they're doing. This is the kind of thing where there are thousands of small uh, mining operations that never get to the stage that Boron One is at. And now might be a good time to have the Sherpa or your Sherpa. Sherpa, look at it. Boron One. BoronOne.com. So uh, you're going to uh, go away to uh, Florida the last week that I'm here. Because we're off yeah. that, that week uh, in December. And then you're going to take... Now, that trip is going to be with uh, your our friends Darren and Lori, right? Yeah. Very nice. And then in January, I understand you're going to do a grandpa, grandma, kids and grandkids, all that stuff. Yes, we're taking the whole family down to the Dominican for uh, a week over Christmas. It'll be fun. You know, May and John, you know, John was on a plane, but he was like not even a year old. So they're right. of an age now where they're going to enjoy the whole experience, you know, going to the airport, getting on the plane. Yeah, that's going to be an crazy. All-inclusive, going to an all-inclusive resort, not my first choice, but m- m- very convenient for this uh, for this type of trip. Oh, no, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, 
I just wanted to get that's. I just wanted to. I just wanted to tell you how great I think that is because you know you, these kids are they're getting older and so are you. Yes. And and why not do it? Um, just quickly back to the Stones. I just forgot that I had this fact. The Rolling Stones extended its record. The Rolling Stones extend their record for the most top ten albums in Billboard's two hundreds history. Uh, Hackney Diamonds marks the act's thirty eighth top ten charting set. 38. Uh, Barbara Streisand, the second most, was 34. And the Beatles and Frank Sinatra tied with the third most, each with 32. So there you go. Very good. Speaking of sports games, I uh, caught only a bit of the Bills' latest loss last night to uh, a, uh, a good team. At least they lost to a good team, Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Did you watch any of that? Oh, yeah. Bodog boy. Pretty much, pretty much all of it. Yeah. Uh, frustrating as usual. Again, the uh, the Bills are just... Uh, again, I you know what? I compare them to the Leafs a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot of hype. A lot of, lot of hype. Uh, no results. Uh, you know. Uh, what can I say? They, all, they seem to carry themselves the same way. Like, we're great, but oh, woe is me. Always sort of look long-faced and mm-hmm. fate hasn't been uh, kind to them and it's just weird and uh you know again like the leafs they're like the best team of the second tier or something that's about it yeah they just moved into i think third place in their conference yeah. with that yeah. loss i i watched enough last night to realize again for about the fourth third or fourth game out of the last five mm-hmm. that people and i don't know the minutia of the defense strategy but they have figured out josh allen mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know and he doesn't they don't really have any running game which you know puts a lot on the pass obviously so it makes it a little easier for defenses and mm-hmm. uh yeah, it, I, I I find it dis- disappointing because, you know, three years ago, this team seemed to be ahead of where they are now, much like the Leafs. <laughs> no, I haven't been you keeping know? track. I, I, I'm part of a group chat when they when they when they get to the Maple Leafs, I just skim it. I have no sense on the 6th of November, like none, where your team is at. Well, again, they're mid-pack and it's the same old stuff like, you know, uh Matthews has 11 goals in 11 games, and Mitch Marner has a whack of points, and uh, they're they're not winning a lot of games because, you know, generally, overall, as a team, they're just not very good. They don't have a support staff. They have trouble scoring goals five on five, and beyond the second line, which has been struggling a bit itself, there's no scoring, and they're just... Compared to the legitimate teams in the league, they just don't measure up. They don't. Mm-hmm. So is it like better? Like the Bills. Yeah, I was going to say like the Bills. Is it better listening to you now? Is it better? Would you rather they're like this and just kind of, excuse me, stumble through the regular season so that there are less expectations on them? Or do you want them to pick it up so that maybe they start turning into a better team as it gets closer to April? I don't know, Howard. Honestly, I, I, like I'm so done with it all, the whole thing. And I'm still in the thing. Okay, when it gets to April, like show us what you got because nothing, nothing matters but that with this team. I mean, we've seen it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goals, points. Yeah, super. Regular season, great. 
all that matters is when it really matters, and they, they're they just not good enough. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they will be this year either. I don't know what they can do between now and then. Half the team sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that great? What a great endorsement. Yeah. Half the team isn't very good. Yeah. Um, well, I'm just, I just say, I, I came in last night from dinner. We went out to, uh, there's a bunch of restaurants, like, within walking distance, within a five-minute walking distance, without even leaving the compound. I can, there's dozens of restaurants. And so, I came in, and that's and weird. Like, I, I really haven't been this interested in the team but for the last couple of years, for a long time, and I looked at my watch, I was like, it's getting to be 820, you know, it's getting to be 9. And I came in here and I watched about an hour of the game, just enough to be frustrated. And to see that this kid, I like the Joe Burrow, is that his name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a dandy quarterback. I like him because he's very good and he looks like he's 11. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. I, I mean, Josh Allen's only 25, and I'm sure Burrow is around the same, but I find it interesting, being the age that we're at, people of that age now, especially where it's kind of like a, baby, a little baby face, definitely yeah. looks like he's a teenager. Yeah. More well-rounded team, Cincinnati as well. Yeah, they have a similar record to Buffalo. Yeah, but yeah, they do. But they've won four in a row now. They struggled out of the gate. Burrow was hurt. Right. Yeah. So since he's sort of been feeling better, their record is, yeah, they've won four in a row now. Bills haven't. <laughs> no, Bills have won. I think uh, they've lost the ones in. Uh, oh yeah, I think they've lost two of their last four. I can't remember. Yeah, and I forget. I think they play next Monday night too, and I forget against who. But it doesn't look good. Yeah, they're just. Uh, yeah, there's some problems there. there well, are some problems. You know, I thought we just have a couple little palate cleansers. You know, talk about the music and talk about some sports, and I, I'm I'm sure. Uh, I'm not sure, but maybe people are curious about how uh, Senora Espinosa and I are hanging out in uh, in Mexico. I got to see her quite a bit this week. I mean, she's busy; she works every day. But I I got a chance to go out. We we uh, had dinner here with that's my... something you don't have in common. Eh? What work? She works. <laughs> she works. No, exactly. She works every day like a regular person. I'm like, what do you mean you can't play with me all day? Yeah, <laughs> I'm on vacation. Uh, but we had dinner here with uh, my brother and his uh, lovely person, Ruth. And then we hung out, uh, went out for dinner ourselves, and I spent some time at her place, and she made me dinner and uh, um, hung out there, and uh, it's been great. You know, she lives, about a, it's further than I thought. Like, I walked there the other night in the rain. I got lost, but it would take me about 30 minutes to walk to her place. It's a five-minute car ride, maybe seven minutes, but it's... Uh, but it's a nice walk, and uh, I went over there, and we had a nice time. She's very sweet. It's very. It's interesting because when I met her here, I had not uh, spent much time with her, and I certainly never spent any grown-up time like we did in Toronto. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's been uh, interesting being here. Plus, uh, you know, speaking s- some more Spanish with her, and she's been. Here's the cute thing you'll love. She's been taking some English courses so that she can nice. make, get her English better. Mm-hmm. Which I think is sweet because I think she speaks, you know, fine English. But there's, you know, definitely a lot of words that she doesn't have. Now, was this the first time David had met her? Uh, David and Ruth met her just briefly 
because oh. I was on a date with her. One of our, I guess, one or two dates we went on when I was here in February, and they were near us at a different restaurant. They they walked over and said hi. The first time they'd ever spent any time with her. So David, who is very good at Spanish, Ruth, who's basically bilingual, and uh, Julieta, all were speaking Spanish at one point, and I sort of I I picked up enough of it because I sort of knew what they were talking about. But all three of them could speak together way easier than me. Nice. So what did you have for dinner last night? Sushi. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the only Mexican food I've eaten is what she made me. She made me uh, something called uh, tortilla espanol. And it's kind of like a big tortilla sort of omelet on a tortilla. It was really, really good. Potato, onion, egg. Mm. Yeah, really, really good. And uh, so you had eggs for dinner. <laughs> yes, and and uh, other things, but that was kind of the appetizer. It was really good. Uh, but the food's good here. I mean, I've been most, mostly eating uh, David and Ruth food, which is great because you know I eat so much takeout food at home. I feel honestly, this is going to be weird, but I feel like I've lost a couple pounds since I've been here. Um, the only ner- thing I'm nervous about is that I think I told you this before I left that Julieta was very sick in September. Mm-hmm. Because of an outbreak of dengue fever. Do you know what that is? No. In tro- sounds like shit. In tropical places around the world, the Dominion, Jamaica, all over the world, it, it's... Here, here comes on, Uncle David. Um, it, it can, it, it's transmitted through mosquitoes. Oh. And uh, she got it. And... Uh, you know, there's I'm, mosquitoes down there. I haven't. Yeah, well, yeah. Usually, see, when we've been in times before, you know, it's not been the rainy season. So at the, it's been in a particular rainy season. So the mosquitoes oh, are I worse. See. Okay, right. And okay. Uh, you know, it's not a pandemic. It's not an epidemic. But there's a lot more people that have gotten it this right. year uh, all over the place. So I was mm-hmm. uh, very nervous putting mosquito spray on, keeping the doors closed. But so far, I haven't had it. But it's apparently it's, it's not very good if you get it. I'm just trying to tell you that. And you could probably get it in. Uh, you go to the Dominican. It's it's there as well. Super. Yeah. I don't remember mosquitoes in the Dominican either. But again, as you say, um, maybe tied to the rainy season. I won't be there in the rainy season. Well, yeah. Most Canadians go away. Most Canadians don't come down here during those. You know, during June, July, August, September when it's. You know. Like the rain we had here the other day was unbelievable. I'd never seen anything like it. So it was that intense. Yeah. Um, I'm, your, I'm listen. I'm ready to move on if you are. You know, uh, driving, driving in the rain can be every bit as white knuckle as driving in the snow for me. No, oh, yeah. When you can't see in front of, like, you can't see beyond the hood of the car. I hate that. And, uh, yeah, we couldn't see, and there was people flying by us in buses. Before we get to Uncle David, do you want to do a little bow dog work here? Because we just talked about uh, so much uh, sports. Yeah, Monday Night Football. Uh, Monday Night Football. You have the Chargers. And the Jets. Okay, Chargers favored minus three and a half. The over-under on that is 40. Okay, 40 points on that. And, of course, the Leafs are hosting the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight again. I'm so bored with the Leafs. Anyway, 
They're minus 150. The Leafs, the favorite tonight, believe it or not. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, a casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry leading odds to their world class sports book and feature rich poker room uh, to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. That's your Bodog. And uh, the last time we did a show was our email show, and uh, you can get your. I've got so many emails coming up on Thursday about, of course, a certain subject. It's actually overwhelming now. Uh, as always, brought to you by Palma Pasta. 38 years of delivering quality Italian food from fresh pasta to sauces and prepared take-home entrees. Just heat and eat. Uh, Mama Pasta's recipe is nothing but the finest ingredients sourced from Italy. Uh, four locations, as you know. One in Oakville, three in Mississauga, and often you'll see Freddie and I at Palma's Kitchen for some delicious uh, groceries. If you can't make it there, you can order online. And there's catering service all over the GTA at palmapasta.com. Palma Pasta, Italian tradition, simply delicious. Um, I'm just trying to think about how Uncle David is going to be able to see Fred. Well, you can just kind of bring your chair over here. Here, just move your coffee. And uh, Do you have a second mic set up? I do have a brought a second mic. Nice. Yeah, there he is. Look, there's David. I'm just going to put my, take my headphones off. So, can you just talk for a second there, Fred? Hello. Oh, yeah. Hello, so, David. David can hear. Morning, Fred. Hold on. Let me get your mic on. Turn that off. Okay. Now, you go ahead. Morning, Fred. Nope. He's, I don't think the mic's on yet. Okay. How's that? Morning, Fred. No, I'm getting it through the, uh, hmm. the computer, I believe. Well, I've got, I've got him. Here, let me see that, David. Check, check, check. Yeah, it's... it's uh, check, check, check. Yeah, do you know what it is, Freddie? <laughs> I brought... Uh, I, don't use that mic. <laughs> you know what I brought? Mm. I brought that shitty mic that we don't use anymore for a reason. Oh, that's, oh. that's so humble and fret. <laughs> that's so... That's so like us. Okay, um, go ahead now. say good morning. Get right into there. All right, good morning, Fred. Good morning, David. Good to see you, pal. Good to see you. Uh, how have you been? It's been a while since we've uh, spoken. Oh, no, I'm great. You know, um, again, not as much of my plate as you fellows. And uh, again, good to see you and have you on the show. To uh, but By you fellows, you mean the Glassmans? People from yeah. Moose Jaw. Oh, people from Moose Jaw. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, hey, dude, Fred, hey, uh, he's about to leave in a, just a matter of hours for a two-month trip to Australia. Cool. That's yeah. a place that I would like to go. Have you been there before, David? Never. This is a trip of a lifetime. We've we've never never been never been to New Zealand. We're going as well. Australia. Yeah, I heard New you know, a lot of people that make that trip. Uh, I hear they actually like New Zealand more than Australia. I, I think but, the uh, geography yeah. is prettier. Um, I think there's more culture to see. I mean, Australia, New Zealand is mostly sheep. From what mm-hmm. I understand, you know, great hiking. I, I'm bear phobic. Most people who know me know this. What? So I'm yes. So I'm quite looking forward to hiking without the idea that I could be eaten by a bear. So I think everybody's really? bear phobic. Um, well, I, so I just get right to it because we haven't really talked much about it today. Although we've been talking a lot about it for the last three weeks, and you know, Freddie and I have had a lot of conversations. The audience has heard us talking about. You know, different aspects of the Israeli situation. Um, but from a, 
from uh, your perspective, you know, you were born, I think, seven or eight years after the Holocaust, and you're a guy in your early 70s, even though in my act, I would say David's like 90. Um, but I was curious just to get your perspective on it and just to set, and I'll, I'll pop in when I, I feel it's necessary, but just give us a little bit of perspective from a guy uh, who has, you know, been to Israel, has, uh, you know, studied it, understands it a bit from a, maybe a bit more of a, a foundational point than most of us do. We just react to things we read in the news and on social media. Yeah. So just two things to start with. What, how did you feel about it? And then I'll pop in with a couple other things. Uh, well, I mean, from a feeling point of view, like everybody else, I was, I was kind of horrified and and then from another perspective, I'm going, yeah, kind of business as usual. So by, by the business as usual, I, I mean the outbreak of anti-Semitism that has erupted all over the world. And, and, and really the question is, you know, why, why now? Why the Jews? What's different about this time? What's similar? And, you know, the, the problem for me is not much is different. Um, you know, like Howard, and we're not that much different in age, we grew up in an era where we didn't have to think about it. Um, you know, there was no very little visible anti-Semitism in Musta. I mean, probably people didn't know what Jewish people were, and if they did, they didn't have much of a distinction. And, and now, we both had something of a Hebrew school education, and so from a very early age, I think I was pretty aware of the history. And, uh, you know, so if you start history, you know, say you're 20 years old and you know nothing of history, you're going, well, what's this about? Uh, but you and I have been talking a lot about this in the last week since I've come down here. And, and you know, pick a place to start. So so one of the things... Just because before you do pick a place, so, you know, and what maybe talk a little bit about, you know, before we get to the, the background of 2,000 years or thousands of years. Right. But, but, you know, Freddie and I were, I just mentioned earlier in the show, Fred, you know, we were talking about how when you used to say to me, you really didn't understand the woke, you know, the woke people in university and the woke movement, how I didn't, I didn't really understand what you meant, but now you can really see it. Mm-hmm. Hey, Freddie, like when you hear mm-hmm. what's going on on campuses and, and, and it just seems to, it's hard to understand how, how they they can, how quickly people take the other side, which is, it's fine to be, it's fine to have a, a conversation, I think, about Palestinians and, and a solution that wouldn't involve everyone being killed, but how that goes and gets conflated from that to, you know, gas the Jews is is dizzying, really. Well, look, there, there you, you say nothing is new again, but there are some new things. This whole notion of victimology, mm-hmm. the, the idea that uh, the, the the oppressed have to be no, I, taken I read, care of. I read that you, you read the same the yeah, same yeah. thing. We're, we're both read an article by Gad Sad. So so the idea that everybody is a victim. Uh, has has sort of morphed into it doesn't matter what Hamas does you know if you slaughter Jews behead babies if you're a victim slaughtering Jews and beheading babies well Bob's your uncle you have a question Freddie I'm just going to let, let you pop yeah I, I'd love to hear yeah. what you want to know Freddie because I've heard Howard's questions so, okay, go ahead Fred um Again, I can't relate to the history and everything. All I know, you know, I equate this to what we were talking about with Trump. You know, Howard gives us all um, a bunch of statistics about the economy in the United States and how how um, 
encouraging it is, but the average uh, dunderhead simpleton Trumper just gets up in the morning and his mortgage has just doubled and uh, the cost of food is up. So that's all they care about. And that's how they see this. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering what we're seeing now with the anti-Semitism. And I get it. It's horrible and everything. But Palestinians, even the ones protesting here in Canada and Toronto, they're getting up in the morning and they're seeing... You know, hospitals bombed, schools bombed, you know, um, uh, refugee centers bombed. That just doesn't help the cause. So somebody, from my perspective, it's like, and again, I'm not playing the devil's advocate. They're going, geez, that's pretty severe. This is their reaction. Maybe I can understand that reaction because of what is happening to their people. Right. If you're so, falling, the, so what, for, I, I, okay. So schools, hospitals mm-hmm. bombed. The hospital that was bombed, first of all, was yeah. bombed yeah. by Hamas. Yeah, but facts don't matter. Anymore, facts right? don't yeah. matter. Right. So I think that, the question this is, is: This is my point. It's just facts if I'm don't a matter. Palestinian, I see this. I, I listen. I believe what I want to believe, right. and this is the problem. But right but now. the starting place isn't even if you said the Israelis bombed the hospital which you didn't it's mm-hmm. not that's not the starting point what it triggers no. is is very deep rooted uh, ideas and feelings that, that have been brewing for millennia mm-hmm. I mean the word anti-semitism itself was only coined a couple centuries ago but that the mass killings of Jews the ostracist Rization of Jews, all of that goes back really to the beginning of the Christian era. So the Jew has played the devil in the kabuki play that's humanity for, for mm-hmm. 2,000 years. Yeah. You know, the, the, the view, you know, if Jews are successful, it must be even further proof that they're nefarious. I mean, the Middle Ages, remember those? I mean, mm-hmm. Fred and I were yeah. around. You got back to high school. <laughs> right. Um, you know, the idea that Jews poisoned wells as the cause of the Black Plague, you know, justified pogroms in Germany uh, around the Black Plague times, you know, 300,000 people, you know, slaughtered. You know, the joke about our family, we, we left Ukraine around the 1919, 1920, depending on the side of the family. And the joke I used to tell, which isn't so funny, we didn't immigrate so much as fled. You know, Cossacks raided Jewish villages. The, the Holocaust, which we referred generally to in the 1940s, the first one was in Ukraine in the 1700s. I may get the date a little bit wrong. Hundreds of thousands as well. So if you think the Jew is fundamentally the devil... Mm-hmm. Right. And the source of all evil that that's kind of a starting point and talk about getting triggered. All you need to hear is a, is a starting point fact. And you just assume the Jew is the evil one. Right. And, and you know, Freddie, I'm glad you brought up the things going on in Toronto and, you know, all across uh, North America and then around the world, you know, and I've I've tweeted about this a million times in the last week. You know, it, it, there's if you if you were any other ethnicity. And, and you were calling for the boycott of restaurants and businesses, et cetera, uh, you'd be shut down. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, but I for some it. reason, like there's a, an, an art, a, a pop star, a rapper slash whatever artist named Macklemore. And Macklemore is, you know, pro-Palestinian. He was on stage a couple nights ago wearing a hook nose and a Jewish beard. And as I said on Twitter, if he'd been seen wearing blackface... 
mm-hmm. it, they would have shut him down. Right. Oh, but absolutely. to 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 do a caricature of a Jewish person, and and that's why. Listen, this is now week three or whatever on the show that we've been talking about, and it's kind of it's it's changed. And believe me. I can tell you, I, I wish, no matter what happens in the Middle East, I, I wish they would stop because it's not looking good for our side, no matter what happens. But as I pointed out to one of my kids, you know, Hamas has been sending missiles into Israel every day. The fact that they're not um, bombing hospitals is only because of the defense system, but it's not like they're not sending missiles back as well. But as you say, no, I you know, know. And, that, and that thing, um, what do they call it? The, the Iron Dome. The Iron Dome. Almost daily. Like, it knocks them out of the sky. Yes. But the debris falls and hurts people. But that has become just so part of day-to-day life. But then my point is, it's not like Hamas isn't also volleying no. missiles thousands no. by the day. Right. Yeah, but but it's our fault that we're not dying from the missiles. Right. right. <laughs> oh, it would be no, better. I to, so, I, you know, I read a quote from Golda Meir, who was uh, prime minister of Israel from 69 to, to 74. And it goes something like this. You know, I'd, I'd rather be alive and hated than dead and pitied. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it, it's interesting. I think part of the. The lull in anti-Semitism after World War II was the fact that, okay, you got six, seven million of us. It kind of quelled the fever for a bit. But, you know, I think in terms of providing perspective, because I don't know exactly what's going on in Israel. I've lived there a couple of times. I have some friends there. And, and any other given day, I, I could get behind some of the shitty bad things that the Israelis are doing in terms of criticizing it in terms of their policy in the West Bank. Right. That's an intramural kind of conversation. But I think what's really interesting, it 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 stirs up shit. I, I want to quote Dave Jukes, who, who our, our friend from Moose Jaw, Dave. And this is we were driving out from Moose Jaw to his lake cabin some years ago. And I had never seen all of these cattails along the side of the road. And I said, where did they come from? And he pointed out the cattail seeds are always there. It just takes a particular set of conditions to grow again. And and I think what people and the, the young people don't understand, because you know, when I say, well, they don't know history, it's not about knowing history. It's understanding the roots of all of these ideas exist in the cultural soil. And it takes very little to provoke it. And that's what we need to understand, and that's what we need to come to grips with. But but then I would ask you, and again, I just, I can't, I've never lived it the way you guys have lived it. The reaction now by Israel into Gaza, how is that? How is that helping that image on any, any level? What, 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 what reaction, Fred? Well, the reaction of, and again, what's playing out in the news? All the innocent women and children dying in Gaza. And again, that's what's getting the play now. And again, right. so, they, it, so first of all, yes, and, and one needs to pity the Gazans. First mm-hmm. of all, they could and should uh, evacuate population. But in World yes. War II... You know, the people dying because of counterattacks to the Nazis didn't get the same bad, bad rap. Right. Israel yes. has always had a war policy of minimizing casualties. When, so here, for instance, a couple of days ago, a, a couple of Hamas uh, leaders were killed because they were driving away in an ambulance. 
It was nice. verified that they were Hamas fighters and leaders. The only story was Israel bombs an ambulance. So, mm-hmm. so I think in even asking the question the way you do, your starting point is the... So, so what's the alternative? It, Hamas started a war, mm-hmm. right? A, a slaughter of Israelis and a barrage of missile attacks... If Israel doesn't do what it's doing militarily, militarily, it will continue in any case. And, and it's horrible, right? It's just that the narrative, everybody right. doing the reporting is seeing it from that perspective. So here's a fun stat. In World War II, a 70 or 80,000 people in London were killed by the, uh, um, mm-hmm. what they call the Blitz. The Blitz. The Blitz. Two million Germans were killed by two million German citizens were killed by Allied bombing. And yet that doesn't you know, that narrative that the narrative in World War Two wasn't like, well, they, I guess the, they should stop bombing the, the Germans because a lot of citizens are, are also being killed. But 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 back to the idea of like, well, as I said, no one seems to re, seems to understand that every day. Right. As we're speaking, Hamas is sending missiles into Israel. Mm-hmm. Um Money they could have basically, you know, used in the since 2007 to shore up their their infrastructure and and to have their citizens, et cetera, et cetera. Um, before but I again, let you go, that's the problem right now, because a lot of people aren't equipped with that information. Right. right. And, and, or, so again, or they, they, with they it, just right? look at the news. They look at superficially. And, oh, yeah, that's bad. Yeah, they shouldn't be doing that. Or, but, here, they, uh, but dude, I haven't told David this, but because I, I wanted to save it for the show. But here's how bad it is. They're either not equipped with the information or they are equipped. And as we've talked about with Trump, they don't care. For instance, one of the things now I've seen online, I don't want to say where I got it because it's ridiculous. But, you know, all these people around the world in Toronto, in London, in New York uh, that are selling, you know, calling for the the death to all Jews. Now there's a theory that, well, those aren't really the real protesters. Those are um, they've been infiltrated. It's not really it's like the Black Lives Matter. It's not really they've been infiltrated by people. Those aren't really the pro-Palestinian people. It's other people. I have one other thing, uh, many, many other things, but just, you know, the war in Yemen recently. Mm-hmm. Do you, are you familiar with that? Vaguely. That was going on between Saudi, the Hutus, and one, Houthis, and whatnot. They, they, they estimate there were three or four hundred thousand children killed in that mm-hmm. war, right? So, so I think the you know the only unique perspective I I can bring is is a little bit of a deep dive into the whole issue of the layer of anti-Semitism be, behind all of that, and that's the thing. That I think is worrying. Um, when you look, I was just reading about Bill Ackman, who has with Jewish hedge fund guy that withdrew his donations to Harvard, Harvard graduate, and talking about the degree of hate and anti-Semitism mm-hmm. on the Harvard campus. So we live in a world where misgendering somebody in a Harvard class can get you thrown out and canceled, mm-hmm. but but tearing down mezuzahs and doxing Jews at Harvard, you know, is just par for the course. That's the Crazy. deeper issue for Western civilization. Right. And, and tell me this, like, how does, how, does, how does going to a restaurant in Toronto and saying boycott and Jewish, res- Jewish businesses, how do, they, how do people get away with that? <laughs> because they're Jewish. Come on. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah, because you're God. You have to and you're not, and, and, and part of it, you're not a visible minority per se either. 
I think that's Say, part I, I of it. His views are invisible minority. We're not a visible minority. And I, and I think, you know, I'll give you a little story. Last week, my brother-in-law is here, Clyde. And if you saw Clyde, you would say he's a black man. And we were talking about what was going on in, uh, in Israel and in Gaza. And uh, I said, you know, anti-Semitism in Toronto by far is a bigger problem, is the biggest racial problem in Toronto. And he goes, well, I might argue with that. He said that to me as a black guy, and I totally understand why he would say that. Mm -hmm. Because over the years, he's had things happen to him, which he could honestly say it's because the color of my skin. And I said, yeah, but you're wrong, Clyde. I said, you can't even compare in Toronto visible minority racism to anti-semitism it, right, like they're right. they're not even in the same ballpark and he accepted that i said you know google it do yeah. your research it's there and it continues on and i and i really think part of it is that jewish people almost look like white people so you know it's okay. almost yeah almost yeah. Look at we the, almost do look almost. at us yeah um can you get any white but, but back to what dave was yeah we are <laughs> as white as it comes um back you know freddie back a year ago when dave Chappelle went on saturday night live and he made those comments about jews and and i had started talking about it on the show and i said you know what you said about the seeds of are always there in it and i've said this it's you know i've put it in different ways that that these sentiments are always smoldering it doesn't take much to light that fire and it's so it's now it's 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 lit to such a degree and you know i i've gotten some notes from people not just listeners but friends of mine that is sort of weirdly scary like asking me if i'm okay and worrying about you know uh, of, of us so like how is that possible because a country is in conflict then these millions there's not that many jews there's 400,000 in, in canada one of the largest jewish communities in the world by the way but how all of a sudden they've gone from israel bad to all jews are bad um, you know, no no one's attacking Russian restaurants for the most part in right. Toronto. Uh, so I'll, I know I'm no, going right. to go into Good a point. sec here. So here, here's my last deep dive, and it comes from the fact I was a psychologist for a long time, and this was kind of my area of study. Um, the world is sort of divided up between people who think what happens to them is a result of their own efforts. It's called internal locus of control. On the other half, and then in the extreme, are people who think what happens is a result of powerful others, right, as the theory goes. And, and that's pretty deep in our psychology. So if you already believe um, the world is run by people that you can't see, and you have 2,000 years of Western history where the Jew was the villain in the kabuki, then, then it does in, in the play. In the play, yeah, thank you. You know, in this human drama we're in, mm -hmm. then we, for many people, you need a villain. So, so I think that's it. It's almost not personal to us. If it wasn't us in that history, it would be somebody else, right? right? <laughs> the closest would be in, you know, in pockets for it's the Ismailis in Kenya occupied that successful business group, right? But what you just said, like, what you said is very smart when you think, is, how come no one's um, boycotting Russian restaurants? Like mm -hmm. nowhere in the world, uh, yes, I know there's been some protests, but nobody in Toronto is saying, going around to these Russian restaurants and saying, don't eat here. And they've killed tens of thousands more Ukrainians than have died in this conflict. But what and one thing I will say, when they don't, they've both when a lot of, of, what's that, Freddie? A lot of the protesters in Toronto, when interviewed, none of them want to, sort of getting back to what David said, 
None of them want to talk about what started this. No. No, they don't want to talk about that. It's like, yeah, but what about what happened? Uh, what was it? No, uh, what was it? October? What was it? October seventh. Whatever. Right. October seventh. What about October seventh? They just skip. They don't. They don't even acknowledge it. They don't even want to talk about it. It's right. just now. His, they history just from, begins yeah. five minutes ago. Yes, that's the problem. History right begins now. five minutes ago. Well, listen, man. Uh, thank you for doing this, and uh, have a great trip. And uh, we'll have you on our other show, uh, Aging with Energy, when you get back from Australia. Okay, I'm happy to be there, Fred. Lovely to see you. Oh, good to see you, David, and enjoy yourself. Yeah, and I heard you have some lovely travel plan for the the winter, and uh, well, I will look forward to hearing about that. And um, I may tap into you, uh, your itinerary uh, for your down under trip. Because, ha- happy to. By then, I'll have something, an Australian something I accent. have to do before I die. <laughs> okay. mm-hmm. All right. Take care. There's David Glassman, okay, smartest Glassman there. there is. Mm-hmm. God damn it. See, that guy went to school and I went into radio. <laughs> but, you know, Howard, I, get, I, I just get back. Damn it. It's. It's just, you know, who who are you talking to? It's what David just said, you know, history is five minutes ago. Oh, yeah. You know, and I got to say, like, I sit there, too, and it's like, when I see the news coverage, I think, man, they're leaning the wrong way as far as I'm concerned. Why is that? Because they think they're supposed to? Uh, Maybe. Uh, How come they didn't say when... uh, Tens and tens and tens of thousands of uh, Ukrainians. And then this other, you know, there's so many other Middle Eastern conflicts where hundreds of thousands of kids were killed. Don't seem to lean on that. That's okay. But as as he said, it's like it's it's history's villain. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, I'm not really... You know, again, I don't want to get into where I get some of my... uh, the, 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 The conversations I've had with people close to me is just bizarre but um but but most people that as he said most people don't have the perspective of where this all comes from i mean you can go online you know they talk about you know this is this is palestinians land that hasn't it's never been palestinians land jews were there way before Mm-hmm. And yet it's the it's just, you know, conventional wisdom that the Jews are the occupiers and it's a genocide and all these kids on campuses and some kids that I know, that's what they hear and that's how they react. Well, and again, I the protesters in Toronto, I haven't really seen the profile like obviously it's Palestinian people and sympathizers. Is it a lot of Canadian university students Oh, yeah. Who aren't Palestinian well, or Jewish. They just think it's the flavor of the month, and I'm going to. I mean, not necessarily. This one? So, some of them, for sure. There's a lot of. You know, here's the thing I should have asked, David, but I don't understand. Like, so, and all around the world, I guess, as a, a show of, again, there doesn't seem to be. It, it doesn't seem to be okay to also show sympathy and support mm-hmm. for the, 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 the single biggest slaughter of Jewish people since Germany was October 7th. But mm-hmm. by showing support for that, so what, how people have been showing support is putting up pictures of the kids that were killed or kidnapped. And now, for some reason, New York, Toronto, all over the world, it's very in fashion to go around ripping those off posts. I I would love to talk to one of those people and just say, why is that? Why can't why can I have empathy and sympathy for these poor Gazans who are just being used as human, you know, Mm -hmm. shields? Shields, Yeah. Why can I have sympathy for them and you can't have sympathy in your heart for this? That's the thing that blows me away. No. Yeah. 
But again, again, you know, history is five minutes old, and that's what I. That's the one thing that concerns me. Even though, and again, what they're doing probably needs to be done. But the fact that they're doing it isn't helping the overall image. Well, I said that to you a week ago. I said it's, it's yeah. not. The, 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 it's, mm-hmm. the Israels, the Israelis, cannot win this. And because of all the things we're saying. Here's some. There was a, a pro-Palestinian rally in Montreal uh, a few days ago, a week ago. And at the rally, these boys, these men are saying, these young men are saying, Allah, destroy the arrogant Zionists. Allah, count every one of them and kill them all. And do not exempt even one of them. Allah, bring upon them a black day. Back to what I said to Dan, and I've said it to you since I met you. That is why religion is the worst thing we've ever invented. Because because in the name of religion, they want all people who are me to die. Mm-hmm. And then what? No, I get it. It's... Yeah. It's, yeah. And again, on this is a religious war, just another one of them. If religion didn't exist, we probably wouldn't be in this situation, blah, 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 on and on and on. And, and in 2023, how somebody can walk down the street and talk about Allah, that, it just, or God or any of them. It's like, please, come on. We have the answers. Yeah. Can we please move on from this nonsense? Look what it's doing to the world. Yeah, it's uh, and I don't know. Again, as time has gone on, I mean, I started off, you know, the the week after it happened. I talked about it on the show and how there was no reaction from our audience. Well, now that's all changed. Now it's daily reaction from our audience. But I can tell you, for me personally, I, I really have a I, I'm trying to stay away from it. Um, which I think is, I don't know if that's irresponsible. I don't know what to, to tell you. Like, I, I, I consume so much of it. I talk about it with him, and I read some stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and I talk about it with my kids, which is a real, I don't, I don't want to even get into that, but. Uh, yeah, but you got, you, on some level, you understand your kids' reaction. Yeah, of course I do. The era that they've been brought up, you know what I mean? And. The way we're supposed to look at the world, and anyway, I don't know. I'll tell you one of the, the great, the, one of the great quotes from uh, one of them that I was thinking of, and it's just it sums it up perfectly for me. From one of your kids, yeah, she said, oh, okay. "It's all so very disorienting," mm-hmm. and I thought, you know, that's absolutely what it is. Mm-hmm. From whether you're Jewish or not, the the whole thing is disorienting because you can both have in your heart empathy for what these poor Gazans are going through but at the same time be horrified by what we're seeing happen to these Israelis and is still happening because they're still being held hostage can you imagine any other ethnicity being held hostage by the aggressors in a war and no one gives a shit about it <laughs> like it's almost comical no, I know. No, like, I know. And, and, and again what is gained by pulling down posters of people that were kidnapped like you want to talk about you know cult behavior and how the citizens of German, the, the citizens of German, you think to yourself, how could they have turned against all those Jews? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess now we know how. Because mm-hmm. we're seeing it. 
I can't believe in my lifetime, I'm 63, I'll be 64 in January, that I'm seeing people in the city I live in boycotting Jewish restaurants. There's a term that you may hear, uh, David may have referred to, it's called a pogrom. It's a, a European phrase for basically going in and annihilating the entire population of a people. Well, that's what they did. This is a pogrom. They're, they want to go in and take, they want to annihilate all these people. It makes you almost want to go down and have dinner at one of those restaurants. Yeah, well, that's that's the logical like, reaction. You know, yeah. No, exactly. Or going into a beer store and getting Bud Light through all that bullshit. Yeah. You know, pushing back against it. You know, disorienting is is so... Because you got to look at, you know, a 20-something now. You know, they have answers that we didn't have. And we had answers that generations before us didn't have. So it made the whole religious thing on some weird level understandable. We didn't have answers. So these kids now, they have all the answers. You know, I mean, a, a lot more a lot more than we did. So it's disoriented it's because, okay, so you don't like me because of this and that? Like, it, none of this makes sense now. Mm-hmm. Because we, we we have the answers. You know, a lot of religion is bullshit. It's bu- like it, it didn't happen or it, it doesn't happen. And it, it these these gods don't exist. So you're still treating me like this because of that? Yeah, I'd say that's disoriented. Yeah. You know, and sometimes, and, I, and again, I'm, I'm, you know, it's almost like people are so afraid of being seen as Islam or being Islam or Islamophobia. Yes. Mm-hmm. But they don't seem to be afraid of being anti-Jewish. Like, it's a religion. You know, I'm, I'm not religious, but I was born Jewish. Um, it's just, a you know, and, and I will tell you, sometimes, and I don't know if you guys have ever had this uh, happen to you, but I'll be walking down the street, and I'll see a woman who is covered in head to toe in the religious garb. Not just the hijab, but the entire thing. You all And, and just the uh, eyes are seen. And she's with her children who are not in the tr- religious dress, and her husband who's wearing Adidas. And I'm always struck by the fact of just... When you said uh, about yeah. how we know things now, but how that how that person still has to dress like that or chooses to, while the kids don't, and the husband can wear uh, oh, uh, under and yeah t-shirt. shorts and Under Armour shirt and Adidas. So anyway, I, don't, I mean, I don't know yeah. enough about the religion to know if that's okay, but uh, I always find it curious when I see it. But even we're guilty of it because again, I think. You know, Islam and Muslim is all it's it's crazy and nonsensical as every other religion. They're all equal to me. But, you know, we take shots at Catholic priests on this show. Ha ha ha. Funny, funny, funny. We do. When's the last time we took a shot at, you know, some specifically Muslim all our we don't do it. I was watching, um, you know, real time with Bill Maher and every so often he'll take a shot at at Catholic priests with the problem with the kids and the pedophile pedophiles. And, mm-hmm. But he'll, he'll never stand there and take a direct shot at Allah. No. Why is that? I, I can tell you right now, if there was a group of 10,000 Jews in front of a, um, you know, uh, Muslim restaurant putting up boycott signs and, you know, mm-hmm. harassing people, they'd shut the whole fucking thing down. You're right, they would. Absolutely. But here's where we're at. So there you go. I want to thank... uh, I knew David. Like, the thing about David is, uh, you know, he's... Like, you know, like you and I are intelligent, for sure. 
but we're not educated. I mean, we're educated. Right. We educate ourselves in different ways. We're, we're, we're media educated. We are certainly a current affairs educated. But talking to him, like I just sit back and I just wonder, like, how does he keep all this stuff? Like, dude, like you'd love it because he can go on for a long time about, you know, the Ottoman Empire and the Spanish Inquisition and the Black Plague. And I had no, I had no idea that Jews were blamed for those things. And I can tell you, those people who are freely anti-Semitic, it go, it, like I said, it's, a, it's the tradition that continues. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, uh, I thought that was interesting. Dan, what did you think? Listening to you guys talk about the whole thing? Big Dave. Did you hear Big Dave? Yeah, yeah I, I had heard half of Big Dave, yes. Fucking Dave. Dave's smart as shit, eh? Fuck. Yeah, he is. He always <laughs> had God been. damn it. You know. Dan and I were roommates with Dave. Well, like, was, like we, had a, we lived in a fourplex, and uh, we had the back two places where Dan and I, and then next door to us was Dave and uh, one of his many wives. And, uh, and uh, we, like, I would just get high and just listen to him. I'm like, fuck. This yeah, is I know he would. <laughs> this is, he was all over because yeah. there was no fence. It was just you know you're like it yeah. was almost like the room down the hall. Exactly, and I remember thinking to myself even at that time in my twenties, like, oh, so this is what having a degree in university sounds like. <laughs> Fuck. Oh well, get all tuned up. Oh yeah, uh, Dan Duran, We need a, a palate cleanser. We need uh, right. we need a little relief from all this. Um. And I believe it's time for the... Uh, hang on a second. I get rid of that music. Uh, doing the show remotely today. It's a little bit different. I haven't done it without the second screen for a while. I'm a second screen guy. Here, of course, is uh, Dan Duran's music. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran. A hell of a guy with a hella big wang. The quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dandoran, the anchorman comes As for credentials, he has none Can't tell a headline from his bum But his voice is nice and low Dandoran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from Lisa's house By the way, somebody uh, emailed us I can't remember, I'll try and find Who said, uh, oh, I didn't know Dan got married Because I referred to it as the matrimonial home (laughs) Uh, I think people sometimes forget This is mostly a comedy-based program Uh, Live from uh, Lisa's home Where Dan now lives Which I refer to as a matrimonial home Here is movie anchor and uh, broadcaster Dan Duran. Okay, you've stood in one place too long, so you're a loiterer, and we're going to fine you. This is a story out of Quebec City. A photographer from Charlottetown has been fined $230 for loitering while taking pictures of Quebec City's, you know that iconic Chateau Frontenac Hotel? It's sure. a hotel. Yes. It's, I've been there. It's a beautiful spot. Beautiful day, setting the scene. Pro photographer comes in from Charlottetown, is waiting for the clouds to come over just at the right spot uh, from his vantage point. And uh, police pull him over and say, hey, uh, uh, you know, leave. And he said, well, it's a public sidewalk. What's going on? And then they basically fine him $230. So a little little bit more to it than that. Hmm. He was taking pictures with a tripod toward the Chateau Frontenac. nearby the american consulate ah. so the consulate people were getting a little bit they think you know there's a guy with a photographer taking pictures of us and uh they approached a security guard 
approached him and said, yeah, but it's this public sidewalk. I think I'm fine here. I'm not taking pictures of anything weird. So, you know, no, I'm not moving. And then the police showed up because uh, 911 was called because <laughs> Jesus, the Americans were all worried about it. And apparently the loitering law in Quebec is, or at least Quebec City, is really, really broad. It says that a prohibited person without a reasonable motive to loiter can wander or sleep in a street in a public space. So uh, that that person uh, can't, they, the police can come along and, uh, you know, interpret. You know, you just stand for, for three minutes or a minute or something. You could be loitering. You're just looking up at a building. That could be interpreted as loitering, and it's left up to the police wow. to do the final interpretation. People say he'll probably get off, but get off from the uh, the uh, $230 fine. He pleaded not guilty. Uh, he started to record the uh, the whole thing because they asked him for his ID. And he was saying, well, wait, you know, I, I don't even understand. I'll, I'll give you my ID if you tell me what I'm doing wrong. Yeah. Standing here in the, uh, in the street with my tripod on a public sidewalk. Dan, do you ever stand on the street with your tripod? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No. Sorry. <laughs> Fellas, um, I was arrested once for loitering. Working yes. Now. Yes, I was in, uh, I fr- in front of Maple Leaf Gardens. Long uh, story short, uh, somebody gave me four tickets to a Leaf game. I already had two. Took Delise's mom and dad. So Delise and I, her mom and dad, I had two extra tickets. I thought, okay, you guys go into the game. I'll sell these other two. So I'm trying to sell them in front of the gardens. A cop comes up to me and says, move along. You shouldn't be doing that. And I thought, oh, okay. And I waited a few minutes and thought, oh, that's bullshit. I got to sell these tickets. And next thing I know, the guy comes up to me, grabs me by the shoulder and said, hey, fella, you're under arrest. And me, Mr. Brilliant, decide to run. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Cause I, oh, yeah. Because I'm thinking, oh, they're inside. I can't be arrested. So I ran. So as I'm running, whistles are blowing and all this stuff. And I'm thinking I'm getting away. Like a Scarborough fugitive. And a guy, all of a sudden, I see this shoulder lean into me with a big Metro Police badge, and I fall onto the ground. They pick me up. They throw me into a paddy wagon. <laughs> I, 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 listen, I remember this story. I don't remember you yeah. uh, you bolting. Oh, yeah, I ran. That was in, in fact, it could have made the charge more severe, but they sort of sized that up. Took me down to whatever division, and I got back for the third period. That's hilarious. And then when I, uh, and they're going, you know, the whole game, they're going, where's Fred? Where's Fred? Because <laughs> you could, because there's no cell phones. You can't yeah. call. <laughs> That's right. So anyway, I get back for the third period. It goes to court and the uh, judge laughed it out of court. I told him the story. I said, I was just trying to sell the tickets. You know, I go to high school and he goes, they wonder why the courts are full. That's what he said. Total discharge. And I walked out. Oh, that's crazy. The Leafs win or lose? Well, they lost. Of course. They lost. Here's a good guess. They lost. Scarborough fugitive. The wanted man, Fred Patterson. Um... Anyway, uh, yeah, taking pictures, yeah, yeah. You know, it made me smile, too, because, you know, in, in all these protests and all these kids and all these people yelling all this stuff all over the world, there's been a few uh, videos that I've seen, maybe you guys have, too, where, like, the one in New York where a girl, a woman was, sorry, a woman, a female, was walking around pulling off these posters of kidnapped uh, and dead babies mm-hmm. and uh but then a bunch of people start filming it and then a bunch of people start filming them filming them and it's like all these it's like a, yeah in any yeah. crowd of people there's like everybody's filming everybody at the same time it's <laughs> no i know that part yeah. makes me hey 
You got to find something. You know, some of our people are known for humor, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's something else now. Quickly, people freak out. I'm filming you, you know. Yeah. Hey, don't film me. You shouldn't be filming me. And then they take out a phone and they film the person no, not I filming know. them. Yeah. I know. The world. Uh, the world all right. in which we live. Yeah, it is. And it's, uh, you know, again, uh, uh, it's more complicated than I ever thought it was going to be. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Bill Brio will uh, hang out with us. going to talk some television, which I always like doing. I uh, David and... Uh, and Ruth, as I mentioned, they're on their way to Australia. So I'm going to have a couple weeks down here with just uh, myself in this uh, apartment, which is very close to where Julieta goes to school. So I'll pop over and say hi. But uh, the kids are coming down here in a couple weeks. So for the next couple weeks, I'm going to watch. There's a couple of series I've, I'm going to talk over with Bill Brio about a thing to watch. Right now, I'm still trying to get to the end of uh, Welcome to Wrexham. Yeah, I've struggled with the second season. I it's not doing it for me. I don't know. You know, I pushed through. There was a couple of really wonky episodes, but I'm on episode ten or eleven now, and it's it's starting to get better because they're starting to get to the end of the season. Elise and I just completed Top Boy, and I struggled with that at the beginning. By the end, it was very intense and good. You might want to check it out. Uh, the other one I'm going to ask about is something I've heard called The Pact of Silence on Netflix. I hear that's really good. Um. And for you people who are wondering about, because uh, Welcome to Rexon is on FX, but I just found out like yesterday that if you get Prime, Amazon Prime Video, it's also on there as well. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Well, boys. You um, may also want to check out, uh, I'm halfway through it right now, uh, Wes Anderson's uh, Asteroid City. Which, uh, if you like the Wes Anderson style, it's certainly... You yeah, did you like it? Because I've heard mixed things about it. Well, you got to like the Wes Anderson style of writing and, and the way he does things. It's like okay. very uh, staccato. Kind of, well, I can't really describe it. It's, you know, it's art art direction focused. Yeah, yeah. I was going to tell you, I, I try with Wes Anderson. I think a lot of people like his movies because they think they're supposed to. Oh, well, anyway. I'm not, so, no, I mean, I'm I not have, saying that. I'm not saying that about you, Dan. I'm yeah. just saying I've, I've tried them all. I've seen them all. And... Um, you know the the last the one that really lost me was the something hotel. What was it called? The, oh, the Budapest. Yeah, I just was like this. Yeah. It made no fucking sense to me. You right. know, Howard, what you just said um, applies to so much of the world right now. You take a position because you think you're supposed to. Yeah. Deep down, you know it's against your beliefs and it's against you know your better judgment, but you're supposed to feel that way. Yeah. And I, I agree with you to a point. I think with a lot of people, it's not even against your beliefs. You don't even know what your beliefs are, but you think are anymore. Yeah, yeah. You just think, well, I guess that's what I should, should believe because it seems like it's in style, mm-hmm. and it's safe. It's safe to feel that way. Well, it's certainly safe to feel that way when it comes to certain ethnicities. And I think mm-hmm. you all know what I'm talking about. All right. Thanks to David Glassman. Thanks to Dan Duran, Fred Patterson. All right, we're uh, in uh, Mexico for the next few weeks, so uh, this is what it's going to sound like. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, and the return of two great sponsors, Bodog and Kelsey's. For contests and comments, we read all of our emails, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. So tell us what you think and tell your friends to subscribe to this podcast. That helps us out too. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and remember, 
Kansas. Don't loiter. Move it along. And enjoy every goddamn day. Jazz in the jet fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts. Two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans. Just clap your hands. Just clap your hands. Where's that? 